Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Piber on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome over to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. One of the cool things about participating in that buoy 10 fishery is is kind of who you get to rub elbows with right you know you got you 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 got absolutely the best sticks in the state working at Craig. legendary fishermen and and we're honored to have one of those legends joining us this morning guy that has my complete respect admiration and uh well envy because he's still down on the river <laughs> right now and that's jack glass team hookupfishing.com good morning Mr. Glass, how are hey, you? Hey, good morning, Tom. Good morning, Everybody sir. there in the studio. It's a lovely day down here in uh, El Waco, Astoria area. We got a real nice northwest wind. You know, that's always a lot of fun to start your day. <laughs> so you're you're fishing on a creek now that does not have a fin clip restriction uh, on on Chinook. What what have we missed? We've we've been gone, um, you know, five days now. We haven't been down there, and it's just kind of killing me because part of my head is still down there. And I know fishing's really really solid, but has uh, has the pressure caught up with the opportunity? Uh, it has, you know, got a lot, you know, I thought it was going to thin out, but I think everybody showed up when, uh, we could start keeping all the Kings and, uh, it, the effort's been real high, but it's been phenomenally good. It's been, uh, probably the best in 10 years, probably wow. with Kings and in, in the river. Uh, you know, you and I even talked about that, you know, how good it's been. And, you know, there's a lot of fin clip fish. So even there earlier was. part of the season, yeah, sure. We had to catch. 10 or 12 fish to, to get our five kings or six kings, you know. Uh, and the cohort just starting to show up the last couple of days. So that's been good. That'll help us a lot as well on our on our catch ratio. And, and you know, it helps everybody out when the cohort starts showing up. Yeah, well, if, I, and if I'm a, a paying client and I'm coming down to fish with Jack Glass, yeah. I want to I want to catch as many fish as I can. I, I you know, if we got to roll through 12 or 20 fish to get our fish, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I just hate excessively sticking fish just because we can. Yeah. I know. You know, we gotta we gotta protect our resource and so anytime I'm gonna stick twenty five fish to catch three, I don't know, you know, <laughs> yeah. we gotta protect that. You know, you guys know what I mean. You know, Absolutely. we don't wanna abuse it either. Well but we wanna enjoy it as well. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and you're you're you make a great point because I in my opinion, Chinook are not a great catch and release fish especially when you're putting them in a creek that's pushing 70 degrees or even up over 70 degrees, you know, that's, yeah. that's not an ideal situation, yeah. but at least now you guys, you guys are keeping all of them. And, and now with a coho coming in the river right now, you're, you're getting even busier. Those rod tips are getting busier. And, and last segment we were, we were talking a little bit about bait and artificials and the fact that, yeah. man, you got yeah. six clients on board that boat, Jack, and, and you just can't run six fragile baits. So how do you approach the spinner, spin fish, and bait equation? How how do you make that work into your program to keep your odds open? Well, you're right, exactly. With the warmer water, we're having a lot better luck using spinner. And then, of course, super bait and spin fish, you know, they're phenomenal uh, baits to be using in here. And then I load them with tuna, anchovy, uh, even tuna bloodline, that kind of stuff. And then I scored a little 
you know, anise on them or some, you know, a couple of different things, you know, that just spice them up. And that sure makes a bait go a long ways. I remember years ago, I'd buy four pounds of anchovy every day down here. Now I buy one pound. That's <laughs> a big savings, you know? Yeah, no and doubt. And of course, I like to use herring a little bit too, but when your water's warm like it is, they're not biting that plain bait as well. They will, but I think, you know, you just can't beat these spinners and some of these plastics. You know, they're really, really effective. What do you think it is about the spinner? Um, you know, when the water is warm like that and it seems like the spinners work better in the warmer water, is it the fact that that spinner is whipping around and it triggers that it, it kind of wakes them up a bit and they have to go chase it down and bite it where, you know, when you just have that cut plug down there and it's twirling along, they, they come and look at it. You, we see them on the finder. They'll come look at yeah, it, yeah. but eh, they're not really inspired to bite it. Right. Well, in the ocean, as you know, we're out there, they're eating, you know, that's the last supper. And we, we get them good biters out there on that bait, as you know, they're, they're after it. But you're right. And I'm looking at 68.2 right now on the Algo type, and I'm hugging the Washington side way over there. So I'm trying to find a little cooler water, 70 out in the middle. Uh, that warmer water, you're right. They're more aggressive. They want to chase it. They're not really on a feed. They're kind of shut down. They're not ready to eat, you know, or they're done eating, I should say. The, the last supper has come and gone, and they're, the plastic and our, our spinners really work well. And, then, you know, you guys remember when the Pro Trolls started coming out around here, I mean, I never would have put one of those on my line 10 years ago. <laughs> Holy Christopher, that's a downrigger thing. That's what you guys do up in the sound. There you go. Come down here to the river with all those things. It's changed the way we fish. It really has. And it makes that spinner darts around there so much, it just – it's like a teasing a cat. He can't stand it. He's got to. He's got to look at it, look at it, and then they just grab it. You know. So, the the big thing is when you get them on is keeping them on. That's right. been the hardest deal. You know, they fall off real easy because they don't and they don't take it real deep. As you notice, a lot of times it's in their lips, and so it tears loose from their lips. And I've tried double single hooks to treble hooks. Uh, I've even tried double treble hooks, which I'm not even sure that's really legal to use a double treble on a sinking lure, uh, but let alone it's lethal on those fish you got to let go sometimes. I, I kind of discourage the double treble, but, boy, is it effective getting them. Yeah, there's no question about it. We're talking with Jack Glass, TeamHookupFishing.com is the website. Now, you know, you, you got through September 7th here to, to, to work that, that, that buoy 10 control area through First Chinook. Yes. Then you start yep. moving upriver, and one of the areas that we talked about, and that fish before, of course, you know, our, our, our dear friend Stan Brock is, is running the, 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 the Black and Gold Classic up there, which is a veterans outreach fishing event. And, and so kind of one of the programs right around Portland is what you just mentioned, that 360 spin 360 flasher with a spinner how do you approach these upriver fisheries jack particularly around portland when it when it comes time to move upriver well you know i i I use all the same techniques up there uh i don't use a 14 ounce or 16 ounce leads or 20 very often i use more 12s up there gotcha uh, a little nicer to hold uh i don't use i sometimes i use a dropper line because we're fishing closer to the bottom a lot more up there not always do i use a dropper but you know if i'm in a snaggier area i like a dropper line uh you got to be more careful dropping it in the water of course um, but same stuff, same spinners, you know, I, I, I do like the titanium bumper line to my flasher. Uh, and then I'm using 24 to 30 inch, uh, liters to the spinner rig. So 
We're all in the water right now. I'm getting. I'm hoping on a bite, Tom. Right now, come on. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, we, we need a radio fish. Yeah, we do. We we, we, need, we we thought for sure if this was the season, we're going to get a radio fish out of you. That, that, that this segment would definitely be the right one. So <laughs> uh, be the right one, no doubt, buddy. All but right, I, I fish up above, up the river, all the way to the Dalles and then beyond. You know, I mean, uh, we got a great fishery. Everybody in Eastern Washington and Oregon, you've got a great thing coming your way, and. Uh, Let's get people out there and be excited about this resource and enjoy it. We got a good one coming this year. Boy, so. no kidding! And you, and you said it, man. I, I mean, I, I've been coming down to Bowie Town. I don't know, maybe twelve years or something like that. This is easily, yes, easily. Yeah, yeah, I see every e- year. Easily, yep. easily the best year I've seen down there, man. Just been absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, you know, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't end up getting down there just one more time. Jack Glass, we thank you for your time today. Good luck. I'm really disappointed you didn't get us a radio fish, dude. Come on. Wow. Well, all you'll, right. Well, you'll get one as soon as we get off air, yeah, off, yeah, well, off the phone yeah, with you. Well, throw, my, throw my number out there, 503-260-2315, and uh, I have a little bit of room to fish some folks. Uh, I do fish down the Oregon coast a little bit coming up as well. They can also get a hold of you at teamhookupfishing.com. He's Jack Glass. He is he is a Pacific Northwest treasure. Go fish with him. icon dude. Thank you so much for your time, Jack, and good luck today, buddy. Love it, guys. Thank you much. Right, Talk Bye to you lines. soon, man. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All right, coming up next, the critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Well, it appears that Marine Area 10, Seattle Bremerton's Chinook quota will last throughout the weekend. The end of August will also conclude the Central Sounds Chinook opportunity. September is certainly the month of Coho Salmon and the Edmonds Coho Derby on September 10th. And the biggest salmon derby on the coast, the Everett Coho Derby, on the weekend of September 24th out of the Port of Everett. It appears now that the early push of Coho ended up in Hood Canal and South Sound. As the Creel checks in, Marine Area 7, 8, and 9 are absent any significant Coho catch. However, have faith as the forecast is solid and it's still early for those Coho. All we need is a little bit of rain, cooler daytime temps, and the Puget Sound Silvers will show up in good numbers. With the Chinook closure in Ilwaco last Monday, it's coho time in the ocean. Today, Area 1 reports a Chinook catch of 6,900 Chinook, which is 90% of the Area 1 guideline. Coho remains excellent with 7,200 anglers bagging 5,200 Silvers for a fish per rod average. Marine Area 2 Westport reported 3,700 anglers with 1,760 Chinook and 4,300 coho, for a 1.6 fish per rod pace, which is currently the best on the coast. Lonely LaPush was attended by only 200 anglers who averaged 1.1 fish per rod, and MA3 is still open for Chinook. MA4 near Bay also remains open for Chinook, reported 620 anglers with 127 Chinook and 350 coho for a half a fish per rod. Coastwide, we're at 37% of the coho quota and 86% of the Chinook number with Labor Day weekend looming large. Final weekend, enter the Iwako Tuna Club High Stakes Tuna Tourney. It's been a great tuna season so far with the albacore close to shore and on the feed, so it's high time to put your teams together as it's Iwako Tuna Club Invitational time. Here's your chance to put your bow on the line. For, on September 3rd for your share of $100,000 payout. This is the only high-stakes fishing event in the Pacific Northwest. You know, Waka Tuna Club is targeting 30-boat teams to lay that five-grand entry fee on the line. There will be payouts for top five total weight, largest albacore, smallest albacore, and pelagics. Entries accepted through the end of business Monday, August 29th. For more information, rules, and entry information, hit ilwakatunaclub.com. Salmon anglers in Westport, Marine Area 2, will now be able to retain all coho. 
The recreational fishery is open for coho only from August 27th through September 30th or until the quota is achieved, whichever comes first, from the Queets River to Ledbetter Point, the Westport sub-area. The adjusted non-mark selective coho quota in Marine Area 2 is 14,000. Converting the remaining coho quota from mark selective to non-selective required a significant reduction in the Marine Area 2 quota number to ensure the change does not increase the fishery impact to any of our wild coho stocks. This change should increase the quality of the fishery and allow anglers, anglers to attain their daily coho limits faster while also decreasing the impact of releasing more Chinook and wild coho than anticipated. Coho fishing has been good most of the summer, although WDFW noticed a lower coho mark rate in Marine Area 2 compared to Nia Bay, La Push, and Ilwaco. Buoy 10 now open for all Chinook. If you've been living under a rock, the reverberations <laughs> from a best-in-a-decade Buoy 10 fishery have already turned your attention south to Ilwaco and Astoria. Things have loosened up a little bit as all Chinook are now fair game through September 7th. The three-hatchery coho daily limit begins at September 8th through the 30th, and coho angling will be stellar as well bring your spinner box to that big creek is with all those fishing it's going to be hard to run bait rods in your boat and keep up with a white hot bite in the lower columbia river if you miss jack glass's rundown of this fishery hit the podcast on theoutdoorline.com anglers hoping for a crab dinner have through labor day weekend september 5th specifically to get their pots in while crabbing now is not as easy as it was early in the season there's still plenty of crab looking for an easy meal The trick to late-season crabbing involves relying on three key factors, namely depth, bait quality, and soak time. Fishing deeper in excess of 100 feet is challenging because of line management. Good bait involves using those salmon carcasses you've been stacking up all summer long, along with raised bait crab blocks. Soak time... Soak's time requires fishing heavier pots so they'll be in the same place you drop them when you come back to pick them up. After September 5th, WDFW will conduct a postseason analysis to determine when sport anglers get a winter season. And the word on the street is recreational crabbers will get something in the October December time frame. Salmon fishing suspended in Marine Area 13, South Puget Sound. WDFW is hitting the pause button in Area 13 after this weekend. Expected catches in both recreational travel fisheries are below preseason expectations date, indicating that returns may be coming in below preseason forecasts. The recreational Marine Area fishery will be paused Monday, August 29th till further notice to reevaluate Chinook returns to South Sound to ensure natural escapement and broodstock goals are met. The fishery may reopen if abundance increases suggest such an action is warranted. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at leschwab.com. So let me get this straight. WDFW can use recreational catch per unit effort to close a fishery, but when they're coming in above the forecast amount, we can't use recreational catch per unit effort. Is that yep. about the size of it? Yep. Okay. All right. Just checking. Okay. Um, yep. You know, and, and this, you know, again, falls right in line with, you know, what we saw in CQ last year. Hey, we're going to manage this is the season, guys. We're going to manage this fishery of the season. Yeah. Until Guess the, what? Uh, now it's a quota. Now it's a quota. Yeah. So, you know, so let's, you know, if, if it's written down in the loaf, that should be the way they're they're running the fishery. That's just simple, right? Coming out of North of Falcon, the document that, that, that guides our fisheries is the LOAF or list of agreed to fisheries, right? And so... Is this a departure from the loaf? You know, I don't know. I just, again, we got to keep our eye on the ball here, gang, okay? Because coming out of North of Falcon, or, you know, coming in to North of Falcon, WDFW's initial season proposal 
had zero Chinook opportunity in July mm-hmm. in seven, the San Juans, and nine, Admiralty Inlet. And that's when all those – think of the July you had out there, gang. Think of the July you had out there, right? Okay. You're not happy with the way the WDFW ship is being run? Remember in November. That's all I got to say about that, okay? All right, we are going to pop out of here for a quick break. We're going to come back with a live anchovy tuna bite and a guy that's not doing it this morning because it's awful out in the ocean. <laughs> Go log on to the anglersedgesportfishing.com. That's the website of our next guest, Mitch Coleman, coming to us live in Westport, Washington, right here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. We are going to make a strong move into this guy's wheelhouse, okay? This this, this is going to happen because we, we there's no live bait in Elwaco, okay? You got live bait in Westport, and to us... It ain't tuna fishing unless you get a livey, and this guy absolutely specializes in it. He's Mitch Coleman, anglersedgesportfishing.com, coming to us live and on location from Westport, Washington this morning. Good morning, Mitch Coleman. Morning, buddy. Good morning, you guys. How you doing? We're doing well. You'd, you'd probably rather not be talking to us and be <laughs> out there whacking on some tuna, but the weather's a little rough. Uh, give us a little bit of a rundown. How's the season been for you this year? Yeah, the season's been really strong. Um, it's just uh, it started out strong, and it's been holding holding up to that um, a little bit later than normal seemed like. Um, but as soon as we started <clears throat> picking up fish, you know, it just seemed to be getting better and better and better. And uh, especially compared to last year, it's been it's been pretty special. We're really really grateful for it, man. Yeah, the last couple years for for tuna have been just absolutely goofy. So it, it it's good to get one. Of course, you know th- this whole tuna deal is driven by sea surface temperatures. Once that warm water highway extends from 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 coastal California and whatnot, these albacore come in here long and strong. And man, they they find some good feed out front of Westport off the off the Grace Harbor Canyon. Oh, absolutely. Um, this year, the bait's been a little different. It's kind of still in a smaller stage. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we've been seeing a lot of that up on the surface. Um, I'm talking about souries that are about three and a half inches long, maybe two and a half inches long, where previous years, you know, around this time, they're more of that, you know, seven inch kind of the size of a, like a butter knife. That's what they look like when they're shooting out of the water. Um, but this year they're a little bit smaller and I heard they grow pretty fast. And, uh, I've been talking to a couple skippers from San Diego that run some, some, uh, you know, big commercial boats, heavy hitters, and they're really excited about what's gonna, what's up ahead for us. Um, they think that we're going to see a lot more foamer patches out there. We've been seeing a little bit of that the past week couple weeks um more and more of that um but mainly just little like puddlers on this on the surface a couple birds you know you might see a, a fin you know rip the surface and most of the time we can catch that fish if we do it right uh with our chumming and how we uh move the boat around and our troll spread 
But yeah, no, they're starting to they're turning on bait really good right now. Actually, no issues there. So let's let's define that term because for those of for those that haven't seen this out in the ocean, when you say foamer patch, you're you're talking about active bait at the surface and the, and something up from down below grinding them, and it does it turns the ocean and for that that limited area it turns it into an absolute froth. It's probably the most exciting thing you could ever see up here. Um, you know, especially once you get out into that water and you start seeing the signs start developing, um, you know, you just get that feeling. And then if you come across something like that, your guys are in for it. <laughs> you better be ready to hold on because buckle up. It's always a blast. <laughs> Joey can't sit yeah. in his chair, man. Joey's just jumping just up and down. Funny. But but we're, so, we're, so we're talking about, you know, tuna fishing and, 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 and right now, because of the big snowpack we had, there's so much fresh water coming down to the Columbia River that they can't hold live bait in in El Waco, right? But that's not the case in Westport. You can you can go see Jose and get a couple of scoops of live anchovies, right? Oh man, and the bait's been good this year. Uh, plenty of it, you know. And last year we were in the uh, similar situation to what the El Waco boys are are having now. Um, you know, we struggled getting bait last season. Um, it, forced us to fish a little bit differently, kind of taught us, you know, okay, we don't need four scoops of bait, you know. We can get these fish trained up uh, with the chum and get them to bite, you know. Got to pick the best bait you can, and you got to chum the kind of not-so-good ones. But we learned last year, you know, just having a little bit of bait is certainly better than having none. And, um, you know, you don't have to braille huge amounts of bait to keep albies up around the boat you know you just got to keep them interested um this year the bait's been great um not taking nearly as much as we have previous years um just based on what we learned last year you know you don't really need a lot of bait to get them you just got to make sure that the baits that you put on your hooks are good and uh because they can get pretty finicky yeah, it's it's yeah. funny that you say you you got to pick a good bait because the first time I went out, <laughs> you know, Tom's back. Like we're running out, and Robbie Tobeck's driving, and and Tom keeps going back there, and he he's opening up the live bait tank, and he's messing around, and Tobeck keeps yelling at him, "Get out of there! What are you doing? Quit!" And then as soon as we get out on the grounds, Tom's already. It's like he's he's evaluated every <laughs> anchovy in there. And you gotta, it's right, man. You want a you want a, dude, you a want, wiggler, man. You, you want one that's a track star. You want the anchovy combine going. You want on there, you want that little bugger. <laughs> when you throw him in the water, you want him to to beeline, you know. And um, it's one of the most exciting things you can do on the water is the live bait stop. Once you get that thing going, and those those tuna are rocketing up from the depths, and you just see this silver streak, this blue silver streak, like whoom, and then. It's on, dude. I mean, that is one of the most exciting things I've ever done on the water. Pandalarium. It's so fun. They are they are absolutely psychotic. I mean, even a even a little a little one can just tear you up. But uh yeah, circling back onto the bait thing, um when I'm when I'm rigging up the chovies for our guys, I'll reach into the to the braille and I'll pick a, a bait up and I'll chum it. I'll get in there, try to find a good one. If I don't like it, I'll chum it. And I kind of throw the baits around all, you know, singles. Throw them, you know, on the port side of the boat, on the starboard side of the boat, on the port corner, 
uh, the starboard corner and try to move those fish around, you know, and not just, excuse me, not just chum in one place, but I'll do that until I find just the right bait. And it's at that point where that thing needs to get in the water and you need to go completely free spool. You don't want to slow them down. You don't even want to try to help that line out. That, that bait needs to be moving naturally. Um, otherwise the fish will, they'll just sense something not right about it. And I've seen them reject baits hundreds of times at this point. Um, so the presentation, super important. Um, and like you said, finding that wiggler is, uh, that's key. Mitch Coleman joins us this morning. Anglers Edge Sport Fishing.com is the website. So, you know, we're, we're salmon anglers from Puget Sound and we, we like to know that, that, that maybe we already have some gear. That, that will help us get out there. And, and you've, you know, you, you and I both work with, with Kelly Morrison at Silver Horde, and you, you've been pulling out your Ace High Fly program, that, that wonderful Silver Horde product, and, and getting the albacore to go on that. What's that look like? How do you rig that thing up, and how's it been working for you, Mitch? Absolutely. Kelly's been awesome. Um, obviously, yeah, I'm running those flies for Kings. Uh, I think they're, you know, they're, similar to a hoochie but they're not i always run a hoochie and a fly on our downriggers um there's tons of different patterns that they they tie each one so it's kind of special but they're just the right presentation for for albacore as well you know especially this year with the bait being so small um and as the year goes on you know they get a little bit more choosy while you're trolling around you know we kind of go from trolling big zookers um, and stuff like that, clones to a little bit smaller troll spread, including some swim baits. So once I figured out, you know, okay, the bait is small. I like ASI flies. I put a, um, a bullet weight with a nine-aught um, octopus hook and a 50-pound fluoro leader, and I just get that right on the edge of the foam while we're trolling and they get ripped up. Um, <laughs> I really like the blue one with the, it's like a light blue with the dark, darker blue spatter. That one's been getting ripped up, but even the white ones with the pink insert, I mean, yeah, little, little succulent bait, man. They get ripped. It's funny. The, the white one with the pink insert, I was talking to, uh, to Rich Olson from Northwest Fishing Charters last night, and he's like, I've been running the white one with the little pink insert. So it's funny that you just said that because they're whacking the Chinook on them right now here in Puget Sound. Any time of year, those things work. Yeah. Any place you go, those things yeah. work. And, and and to find an albacore eating, eating the silver horde, so cool. ASI fly is just absolutely dynamite. All right, buddy, we want to come. We are all about it. So when you're looking at a forecast right now, and it and it's trash right now. I mean, it's it, we're talking eight feet, eight seconds. So so give us kind of look at the forecast coming into next week. I mean, for, to your practiced eye, when is going to be your next window to get out after Albacore out of Westport? Mitch Coleman of AnglersEdgeSportFishing dot com. When's when's it going to be? We're going to take today to rest, and we'll be right back at it on Sunday. Nice. So, Sunday might be a little, you know, a little choppy out there, um, just the residual from today. But we're looking and we're looking into some good weather coming into the week. We've had, you know, we had a pretty rough spring, I'd say. Oh yeah. Um, had a very mild winter. Uh, I was crabbing out there. Every, all the crabbers had a good year. Had kind of a shaky spring with weather, but we've been grinding hard. We've been having really good weather um, and strong fishing. And it looks like it's just going to continue. Um, this is actually 
today is the second day off I've had all month. I've done 28 albacore trips this month. Jeez. <laughs> so kind of take it while you can, but, man, when the fishing's good, yeah. you got to go eat that up. It goes so fast, man. It goes so fast. All right. Well, keep Joey and yep. I in mind, dude, and we will come a-running, man. I, I didn't get to go albacore fishing last year, and I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. i got to get out there. So keep in touch. Give, us a, give us a holler, and we'll, uh, we'll darken your door, buddy. Yep, it's going to be late September, man. I think it's going to be strong all the way into October, and I like who it. knows how long. So, yeah, let's let's go. All right, man. All right, buddy. All right, Mitch Coleman, thank you very much. Anglersatsportfishing.com. Enjoy the rest of your day off, partner, and we'll talk to you soon. Later, Mitch. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All right, man. Good job today. Talk to you soon. All right, coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson, RV.com's Really? Where? And it's next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back from the island of Tinny and Delay. Where'd you get him, man? No way. you, you got to tell me. I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. Ocean Journey Red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a nice jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? Time for you to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Northwest, the all-new Roar Robinson RV Center up in Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete line of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, tour haulers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more, including the rig that we got to hang out with, the Thor Miramar 38-footer. You know, and this is actually a used rig. You can get that thing for under 160, dude. That thing, it, it's got two bathrooms. It's got a bunk bed. We it has had, everything. Dude, everything we, had, we, had, we had four guys in there one night. You can fit a case of herring in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. I put a case of her- herring in the freezer. A case of Blue Label yeah. plus, like, maybe 10 packages of anchovies. That thing That's is, worth that, the dude. price right there. And the little fireplace, and there's a TV in the bedroom, another TV in the freaking living room, and and. A, nice complete kitchen and just monster pop-outs go check it out uh you can find it today up at uh Roy robinson the miramar by thor and uh dude it's only got 3800 miles on it so uh, that, yeah, thing's, that thing's that thing's awesome. a rig dude very cool so and and got to fish with our guys from uh from Roy robinson while we were while we were there buoy tan and, and so this time last week you know we're we're, we've got uh, we've got Phil, Phil Spiels and Yamaha and and uh, we're thinking all right well we're getting kind of a late start and you know we wrap up the radio show and we had to actually launch the boat because we had a little work to do to the boat and get the thing in there and I dude I did we hook twenty did we hook twenty five I don't I don't know I mean we we got all got all our Chinook and and a couple bonus coal. And just had a hell of a day, man. It was a every, late start every day down there. Listen, the the one move that you made that was awesome was when when we pulled out of the West Mooring Basin and you were like, hmm, tongue point. And we went up there. On Sunday morning. And there were, I think there was one there was other one boat, boat up there. <laughs> a little, uh, little fiberglass boat. And... I think our first pass, we hooked six Chinook. Biggest king of the year came from up there. 30, yeah. Th- it was 32, 33 pounds. Yeah, Just at least. Beaut- it was a- had, to, had to let it go. Yep. Big upriver bright. You can keep that fish, you know, th- this this week. But, I, you know, we we had a wonderful trip down to Bowie 10. And, here, and, and here's the thing. It, it's definitely my, my pick for really where right now. Um, you know, it's it's it, – 
it's a regional fishery. Does it take a take a little bit to get there? Yeah, but it's not that far. It's not that far, As, you know. And and whether you're accessing this fishery from Astoria, Il, Chinook, Ilwaco, you know, it's it's worth it. And you don't need a huge boat to 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 access this fishery. You can launch your boat at Chinook and just stay on the Washington side and do just fine. That's where Jack Glass is this morning. You know, he did a mm-hmm. segment with yeah. us. But so if you can spin a herring or you can hang a spinner twenty two inches behind it. Uh, but behind a, a 360 flasher, you can succeed in this fishery. It's it's just it, it it is a. I mean, there's so many fish too that it's. I'm not going to say it's an easy fishery, but it's kind of an easy fishery. You go because down there, you're going to get bit. Here's the thing. Jack Glass says his name on the side of his boat. <laughs> yeah. Austin Mosier, name right on the side of his oh, boat. Ratting out our buddies. Here we just, go. Yeah. You can, you, you'll know if you're in the right spot and you'll know if there's fish around because you're going to see them being caught. That's the cool thing about it, all the people being down there. You're going to see it. It's like, oh, man, the bite is on. Well, guess what? Get gear in the water. Yeah. If you're not getting bit, move depths. Move around. Yeah. Change leads. We we ran up to 24s. We're a downrigger fisherman. So Dude, yeah. It, and, I, was ready, I was ready to tie sticks. two 24s together. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, move move change depth, change leads. You know, run your back two rods further back, your front rods deeper, and you're going to catch fish. Here's here's the thing about breaking into a new fishery. You got to know what the price of poker is. You, you got to know who the players are and get a feeling for what, how they define success. Okay. It, it, it And it's important in Puget Sound too, right? What are the really, really good, what are the good guys doing? Where are they fishing? And what's a good day for them is, you know, if it's winter blackmouth, hey, you know, three, four hookups, doggone it, that's a solid day, right? So some of the guys that, that we're talking to down at Bowie 10 are having 30 hookup days. Yeah, I talked to Matt Chandler the other day, and he was like, dude, we hooked 40 Chinook today. I don't doubt it. Well, we had a day where we hooked, we hooked probably 30 on Sunday, maybe, yeah. You know? and, and so you... The fish are the best teachers of any single fishery you can possibly name, okay? And they're going to give you positive feedback when when you do well, and they're going to be quiet as heck. And if you if you're if you're not running your gear and your presentation isn't straight, but when you when you finally you you know who the sticks are on a fishery and 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 open up a little line of communication with them, and even if that's just hey look you know there's that is a Jack Glass there's there's Austin Mosier you know there's there's Dave Lee at Three Rivers Marine there's all these guys on this fishery that have been 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 plying their trade on these waters for decades. And 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 you learn from them, and that's that's what's that's that's what's really super super gratifying about that fisheries. It's, and, and try to do a little bit of research before you go. I mean, I'm sure oh, most question. guys do that. Yeah. But but go down to three go down to three rivers, and hang out for a little bit, sure. and have those guys set you up some some rigs. They have everything you need there. I was in there, you know, I on the way down the last trip, I stopped in there and hung out for a little bit. And I was looking at all the gear. They have everything you need there. So go down and make those guys behind the counter buy some gear and have it. Tell them set it up. Yeah, tie, tie me up some rigs. Go, I want to know what you, what Dave go, fishes. Go find Tom Sakamoto and and tell him Nelly and Joey. Said, go dig through up. Dave go. Lee's truck and his boat <laughs> <laughs> and his pockets. Look in Dave's pockets. Yeah, he's yeah, always he's got, got he's got he's got some, he's got some anchovy heads in his pockets <laughs> that. Uh, 
Yeah, and and all that stuff. It, it, but 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 here's the deal. I mean, it, it, every fishery has similarities. Every fishery has differences. But you hit on a big one. Study before you go. Yeah. And and one of the, and, and and so Robbo had a social media post this week that shows Navionics cartography with the new relief color relief shading. Okay. And this this is why you know all my powerpoints they evolve every single year and and so and and you'll see this you know at, at the Seattle boat show because all the stuff we learn year to year i mean i'm i'm updating all these powerpoints and one of the most powerful things that you can do whether it's hunting whether it's fishing is know the ground you got to you got a chart study if if you're if you're a hunter you're going to do map study whether it's google earth doesn't matter on the water it's navionics for yes. me navionics on the ipad Navionics on my phone and Navionics on the chip in my Raymarine. I nerd out so on I'm, it all dude, the time. I, I see. I'm looking at the same cartography across all three devices, and again, I go back to this crappy feeling because it happened to me so much. Is is the rotten feeling you have when you have to take a test that you're not sure of? Okay, or maybe you haven't studied. Maybe, you know, maybe you're. Hanging out at the Duchess instead of being at the University of Washington, you know, graduate reading room in Suzalo, right? And you're, 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 you you're, wouldn't have done I that. I wouldn't have done that. But no. no, you get a crappy feeling. Conversely, when you're ready for a test and you're ready to kick that thing right in the right in the junk, you feel great. You want to take that test. You go take that test. And, and you get a feeling of confidence. Same thing when you've done chart study. And you look at a certain contour on whether or, or whether it's a ridge up in the mountains or it's a valley down in the water, and and you've studied that and you look at it. Now you get on get on there with your boat. And you look at it on your chart plotter and you wow, you recognize that. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, okay, get a little feeling of familiarity. Now you feel a little more confident. Confidence kills fish. Confidence puts you on animals up in the hillside, okay? Because you're prepared because you studied for it, right? And 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 chart study. Know the ground, man. You got to know the ground. And if you're going out there blind and you haven't spent any time on charts and maps, you're you're behind the curve. You really are. And if you don't think, after all these years of, it, of, of doing this stuff, that you and I don't do chart study, dude. There's not a day goes by. No, there's not a day no. goes by. And it's I, I don't I don't look at stuff. It's fun. It I is. love. Yes. I love. Like, it's part of the I'll, game, and it's rewarding. There's times in July. I'm, I you know we always we go to bed early because we're up early because we're trying to go out there and kill our fish. Right. I'll lay in bed and I'll be looking at Sitka now. And I'm like, ooh, oh, what's that? Oh, you know, try, you know, does, just looking does, at. Does Callie ever give you the Kathy line that I get, which is, you're just going to go look at your phone. It's like, yeah, but I'm, you know, it's, I'm working, right? You know, it's, it's, you know, some of it is. And some, well, okay. it's, you're studying. You're, we're, we're, yes, we're trying to that's it. make, that's make it, ourselves better yes. anglers. That's it. All right. And that's. That's what I want to do all the time. Our board up uh, producer extraordinaire, Matthew, says we got to get the heck out of here. So we're going to do so. Dude, thanks for listening to The Outdoor Line. We sincerely appreciate it. You missed any of the show, jump on MyNorthwest.com. Download that Apple podcast app or jump on MyNorthwest.com. Give us a follow on social media at Rob Ensley, at Joe Pyburn, at The Outdoor Line on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. For Matt Nelson behind the board, for our very patient wives, Callie and Kathy. He's Joe Pyburn. I'm Tom Nelson. Thank you for listening to The Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.